Welcome to the Get Your Donut Podcast. We're here to exchange our consumeristic Christianity for a life fully surrendered to Christ, and to never let our faith be as simple as grabbing coffee and a donut in the lobby. Let's do this. Welcome back, everyone. It's so good to be here. Uh, Today's episode is going to be part two, the second part of our story dealing with pornography and sexual addiction in the midst of marriage. So if you have not listened to last week's episode, stop me right now. Go back and listen to what we talked about last week because really that's the context that you need for this entire episode uh, where we're going to talk about what it looked like to step out of Uh, addiction and into kind of recovery uh, and healing once that addiction had been exposed. So again, hit pause. You're going to want to listen to that one before you uh, listen to this one. But let me just say that we are excited to jump in and that it has just been awesome uh, that so many of you guys have uh, been supportive and listened to what uh, we talked about last week. That's meant a lot uh, to me personally and to us uh, as a couple as well. And so we're going to kind of pick up the story where we left off uh, here and get into some of the stuff that, that we've learned or things we've experienced since then. Yeah, I want to say something. We, this last episode was the most uh, listened to episode in a week. Far and away. Like within the first week, far and away. So I think that speaks to, one, the fact that people are just nosy, right? Wow. (laughs) Well, no, I'm saying like I would have also listened to an episode like this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because it's just like a more intimate topic obviously yes. so <laughs> that's I think just the a funny second thing. part of no this. the second thing is more important it speaks to the fact that like clearly this is an issue that yeah. affects a lot of people and a lot of people are curious about a lot of it a lot of people are dealing with totally and so just i wanted to say that or worried about are worried or, about yeah. and so if Absolutely. you're anyways if you're listening it's not just you that you're no. like oh i relate to this or i'm curious about this because we clearly saw that that episode last week got the most listens to wasn't even close (laughs) compared to all the others which is just very interesting yeah and we i second that to again before we get in just to say that uh hey don't hesitate to reach out to us if you guys have questions about more specific things or you're working through this and you uh you know want resources or you want to know what's worked for us and whatnot please don't hesitate to reach out to us on instagram or uh, respond to one of our emails or something like that we'd love to get in touch with you yep Okay. Let's go. We're going back. It's hard. We did this like a week ago, so I'm going to try to just jump back into the Bring story. Bring us up to speed. Yep. Okay. So we find out, I, fi- I find out um, that Noah's been struggling with pornography di- addiction within marriage. Um, and this prompts a ton of conversation, obviously, where yeah. I'm just like asking questions. We talked about how it felt like the Holy Spirit really gave me like a lot of patience and calmness and grace within those first conversations to allow you to actually be honest and open um which you chose to do so for the first time like be super which we super, also said was the holy spirit yes, super super open and honest about everything i was asking very very specific questions um so we kind of talked about that uh maybe i shared a little bit there were also moments of pretty intense anger and like grief that i had to experience too those didn't come sure. like right, right away. But after a couple of days, I can remember at least one night, maybe two of like pretty severe anger. And when I say severe anger, you can just imagine what that means to you. <laughs> but it was like very severe. It was probably the only point in our marriage where like I was contemplating like picking up my daughter and like and leaving, just getting out of which town. is like very unlike 
me, our marriage, just like, you know, that's never been like a, a word divorce thrown around at all. And so it was the first time and the only time within this, these couple days that I was legitimately like, should I leave? Ever like considered that as an option? Yes, it was then. Yeah. Okay. Yes. A lot of intense anger came one or two nights. Um, and it was really sad to think back on like the whole situation. I don't want to call it a fight because Noah wasn't like disagreeing and like fighting back. That would have been really stupid. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know what to call it. It was your response to trauma and being lied to for years. So there was, it's not (laughs) like like I was just like, oh my gosh, I just gave all this grace and just like totally like water under the bridge. It was like that kind of happened initially and then everything set in and I learned more and I, and I did yeah, well, need the, to maybe express some of this exactly anger. The, the yeah. actual word for it is betrayal trauma. So if we use the word betrayal yeah. throughout the episode, that's kind of what sex addiction therapists will will call that kind of trauma when you've been lied to mm-hmm. about sexual sins and whatnot. Yeah, it's called betrayal trauma. So that's what you're yeah. responding and to. And so what's interesting about like what I was so upset about is that after. I was very upset and I knew this initially for some reason when I learned more after a lot of probing and questions and Noah speaking to a lot of different events, I, I wasn't actually that, I didn't feel that betrayed by what had happened within marriage, which sounds weird, but it was more what had happened before marriage, like before the actual day of us saying, I do everything that had happened prior that I didn't know about. Yeah. That's what I felt most betrayed by and most like angered by and most like is yep. can I is this my out? Like can I can I leave because all of that is really messed up. And and it's messed and it was messed up to me because I felt very tricked. Yeah. Because I felt like you needed to to tell me all of that where I knew some of it, but I did not know the extent of yeah, right. pornography addiction and sexual addiction that had been a part of your story even like while we were dating and stuff like that yeah and so finding all of that out i felt like bro like i'm i feel very tricked by the fact that you let me get married to you and you didn't share all that because i was like because i wouldn't have gotten married to you or I wouldn't like have gotten married to you in the timing that we yeah, did. Totally. I mean, and that was like a couple of years in. I can't say if that's true, but that's definitely how it yeah. felt. I'm like, we would not have been married in the timing that we did. And so that's what was like most upsetting for me, which is kind of interesting because then, yeah. then as I found out more about like our marriage, maybe, maybe also it wasn't as severe what had happened before we got married. That's true. Like in a, in a scale of sin, if you, if you will. <laughs> well, you can, you can. Like, yeah. obviously, like, I don't think God sees it that way, sin is sin, but sure. I can feel different ways and yeah, levels yeah, yeah. about what yeah. had happened. And I felt like the stuff that had happened within marriage was not as severe as the stuff that had happened prior to marriage. And I felt like I definitely needed to know that before entering into, like, a covenant relationship with you. Yeah. I mean, and so, yeah, so there was a couple nights, a couple very intense overwhelming situations of anger and betrayal and all that and then it felt like after a couple days lots and lots of conversations obviously nobody left I didn't leave I didn't pack a bag or anything like that but I got to the point where I felt like I I felt like an overwhelming amount of peace and it felt like the Lord saying 
you didn't find out about this before marriage because you're right. Like there's a good chance you wouldn't have gotten married in the timing that you did, if at all. And I wanted you to be married. And so for some reason, I felt like God shared that with me. I don't know exactly what that was, but it felt like so clear. God was like, I wanted you to be married. So I hate that. Like you didn't find this out and you're finding this out now. And it's awful. And like, I'm going to meet you in this brokenness and like be here for you. But like, I wanted you two to be married. And then from that point on, I felt like a lot of that like anger was released. I don't know, like let go of in a lot of ways, because I can't think of like a circumstance since then where like my anger and like my uh, uh, betrayal felt as strongly as it did before I had that like realization from God of like, I wanted you to be married. You're married now. You know everything now. Yeah. Watch me work in this kind of. Does yeah. that make sense? No, it does make sense. I mean, in a lot of ways, you probably felt like I did not marry the man I thought I did. And that, yeah, in a, in a lot of ways. And that in itself would be traumatic and angering mm-hmm. and frustrating yeah. for anybody. And yep. so you like you're experiencing that directly with the issue of sexual sin and honesty. Mm-hmm. So trust is just shattered. Um <clears throat> I think that makes a lot of sense. Um so coming out of that did you want to keep speaking to that or is it, should i talk about what, what I? what do you mean coming out of that what that well, looks like you're talking yeah about like, i mean i just felt like i don't know i just felt like god spoke to me and for some reason i let go of like a lot of anger and a lot of that betrayal right away and obviously yeah. and then from that point on it felt like with our story it felt like it was just like slow building box blocks of like healing and trust and healing and trust and conversations but it wasn't the severe anger i guess i just was like speaking to like my experience if anybody else has like a similar experience or has a similar experience in the future what that looked like for me but it felt like very clear from god i wanted you to be married and i was like well can argue with that can i yeah (laughs) no no but especially you have such a beautiful view of the sovereignty of God. I don't know. I know this about you and it's yeah. one of my favorite things about you. And so for you to come to the point where you feel like this was God's plan, like others may react differently and this doesn't mean they're wrong, mm-hmm. but others may like thrash or fight against that. But for some, for some reason for you, that's always a very comforting thing, even yes. when it's a bad thing you're in. Like I think about even uh, like when we lost your dad or in situations like this, when you have that moment with God where you realize like this is what God wants to gives, do. Or he gives me, I think that he gives me because I have such like a respect, respect for the sovereignty of God. I feel like he gives me a little glimpse usually of like this is why this happened or like just a little bit. Yeah. Maybe sometimes it's more but it's at least a little bit for me to be like just to feel a lot of peace about it. Yeah. Where like prior to that those first couple of days didn't feel very much peace but then all of a sudden I was like okay let's figure this out and like i was i feel like we were like back on the same team even though there was a lot of betrayal that had happened yeah that's back on the same team is exactly the words that i was actually going to use is like you know okay so you have like the exposure you have like a couple days of like really long intense conversation where the holy spirit's like definitely at work then you have like a couple days of like some severe like anger and like we're dealing with trauma and grief Mm -hmm. and all of these things and then you have like this kind of I wouldn't know if I would say it's sudden but you have this shift Mm -hmm. to like all right so like god here we are 
<laughs> and like, I guess, you know, we're here, you know, like, yeah. what are we going to do and how are we going to work on this together? Mm-hmm. And I guess uh, that's where we want to start is just talk about some of the steps we took right out of the gate to eradicate this from our marriage, from my life. Uh, and I guess, yeah, just share a little bit about what that looked like. So pretty immediately, um, I guess immediately, like a day or two after the exposure, we locked down my phone. Uh, which we can, I don't know, I think maybe we'll talk about that in a little bit, about what that looks like. I mean, it was a little bit, but even more so, like, very intensely. Took an iPhone and made it dumb. Yeah. Really dumb. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And then um, put Covenant Eyes on my computer, Mm -hmm. which if you guys are not familiar with Covenant Eyes, and you're married, you should be familiar with Covenant Eyes. So here it is. Covenant Eyes is a software you install on your computer or your phone uh, that monitors your screen. And so, uh, if any, it takes screenshots of whatever pops up on your screen and then it sends them out in an email on a daily or weekly basis to the people that you've selected as accountability partners. Uh, and if there's nothing concerning in there, it will tell them like, Hey, we didn't detect any concerning activity. Here's, you know, 10 screenshots from Noah's computer activity this week. You might want to check them out just in case we miss something. If there is something concerning, it'll send like an immediate uh, notification like we detected potentially concerning activity on Noah's MacBook. You know, here's this fuzzy screenshot. Mm-hmm. You might want to check it out and give Noah a call. So yeah. the whole thing is accountability software. It's it it has light filtering, but the point of it is that you're it's bringing you into accountability. What do you mean by light filtering? Light filtering meaning like there are some things you can't access, but it doesn't filter out everything. Now, if you have the browser on your phone, Covenant Eyes, it does a lot more filtering. On the mm-hmm. computer, it's not a, like a filtering, like it doesn't block all the explicit websites. It just monitors what's going on in and your computer. And sends it too. And sends yeah. it. So you can still access things, but you know that they're going to be sent to the seven or eight people that I've selected as accountability partners. Right. So a different kind of approach. Uh, Rather that, than just, especially for a computer, it's a little bit harder, like knowing that you, which we'll speak to your whole job situation too but knowing that like right away you had a job you needed a computer to do it that job pretty much any job in today's yeah like it it's not gonna you there's so many ways what you're trying to say is there's so many loopholes and ways around things on computers that the best way to like lock down a computer is not to remove things Mm -hmm. but it's just to monitor and bring into the light everything that's happening everything yeah so it's not to like well, you can't have access to these websites. It's mm-hmm. just to say, do whatever you want, but know that eight of your closest friends are going to see every move you make yep. on your computer. Yep. And then as far as your phone, we didn't even do, so there's like a specific Covenant Eyes browser. We didn't even do that. We just took away any sort of internet access. So you yep. have for, you know, almost like three years, more than that, maybe, because maybe you had already had it pretty locked sure. down on your phone, but we just took away all access um, to yeah. the internet. Yeah. And like, and yeah, made it a dumb phone, and we're talking like took away Amazon type of dumb phone. Yeah, you know, all like like games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, just anything. Like, I'm, oh, I'm know. just saying like th- those weren't like a sexual temptation, but we just took out any yeah. connection to. Yeah. I don't know, internet that could be there, you know. And anyways, so that was the initial thing was yep. like lockdown mm-hmm. both of those devices. Yeah. And then we signed up for this group. Mm-hmm. I signed up for a group, yeah, I should say, that, your that my parents, parents had told me about, uh, but we had like not heard of the ministry. It's called Pure Desire Ministries. They're out of Oregon, and they are 
phenomenal, but we didn't know this when we signed no, up. No, no. was we, just like... We did share with Noah's parents pretty initially, too, a lot of this stuff. And then they were helpful in, like, those sorts of resources. So yeah, that's what, absolutely. Yeah, so they, that's they where told we found us, out about some of the stuff. They were like, your dad, I think, was like, I've heard about this. And yeah, he had known maybe one or two people who'd yeah. gone through a group or something, and so he recommended it. And so, so what is we it? signed up for a Pure Desire group. Now, Pure Desire has groups for all kinds of things. The specific group that I signed up for was for uh, specifically for men who are struggling with pornography or sexual addiction, and they call it a seven pillars group. Uh, that's the curriculum that they work for. They also have groups for betrayed spouses. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they have women's groups for women who've been betrayed. They have groups for uh, women who are struggling with pornography or sexual addiction. And then they have groups for men who've been betrayed. Mm-hmm. So they have a group for everybody. And they just, they've come out with more groups since I've gone through now too. So they just have a plethora of options some for you are, to get into. Some are in person that you can find like in your area yep. and some are online and you did the online groups. I did an online one that w- because it was for pastors only yep. and I felt like mm-hmm. that might give me more freedom like to speak if I'm in the room with other pastors kind of from across the country and the groups are typically seven to eight people which allows for meets once a week. Meets once a week. Mm-hmm. Mine was once a week Tuesday mornings on Zoom from 6 to 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. Um, for about 10 months. <laughs> Yeah, and, and you've done two of those. And I've then. done two of those since then. But initially, it was like, sign up for this thing, and I started to go through it, and it took like a month or two for the group to fill up. So I was like, signed up, and I was getting the curriculum. I was like reading through a little bit of it, mm-hmm. but the actual group didn't start maybe for a few weeks after mm-hmm. uh, we had signed up. And now I've been through two of those groups, both with, I actually ended up having the same leader for both those groups, mm-hmm. who was just amazing. And those groups, I cannot recommend enough. They were just an absolutely incredible experience. Yeah. And uh, I guess what I would, I, I'll kind of fly over the two years in group, like, I guess, experience, just because we're going to talk about some of the things that we've learned. But I just wanted to speak a little bit to... To the group specifically. Yeah, to the group okay. experience for myself, if that's okay. Um, I began the journey through recovery when I came into this group with the initial thought that this battle, if you will, against sexual sin was going to be a lot about discipline and diligence and like spiritual practices. So I had, you know, like there's this misconception that, well, the reason you're struggling with this is because you don't read your Bible enough or you need to pray more or you're just not disciplined enough. And it's like, I carried a lot of those into group. And while uh, God was certainly at work every single day in whatever it might be, prayer life or speaking to me through scripture uh, or helping me become a healthier person. I I learned that the battle was a lot more about facing patterns of unhealthy and unwanted behavior in my own life that stem from like coping behaviors for wounds uh, or patterns of of lying, everything I did to hide addiction. So it was was much deeper than I thought it was going to be. And this group and the curriculum that they used uh, was was huge in getting me to see that. this isn't about like the surface level. You just need to like white knuckle and stop this behavior. This is about like you have built years of habits and lying and you're medicating these wounds and sort of things. And like we need to go all the way down and deal with those things before the stuff on the surface is going to properly change. And so uh, there was a lot in the beginning about just accepting the fact that I had an addiction as opposed to just a struggle with a sin um, and then what that looked like to deal with that and a lot of that was turning and, and facing some of the pain that I'd been medicating uh, directly like turning and facing some of the behaviors that were problematic instead of 
just trying to stop them, but it was looking at them and analyzing them and thinking, what do I do about this instead of just kind of running from them and then doing all of that in community and relationship with other people. A big part of those groups is that you're making at least three phone calls a week to the guys in your group. And so you're talking about this stuff uh, all the time. And that obviously led to a lot of conversations with Becca about all of the things <laughs> that are involved in that group experience. Um, and then a lot of talking about uh, the things that I was feeling through all of that. So it became kind of this nonstop conversation, especially the first time through group for a while. Yep. And that's kind of what I, I guess what I want to say yeah. about the group experience yeah. for now. We'll probably talk a little bit more about it. Um, yeah. Later on the episode. Um, another thing I feel like you should speak to is what you, like who you told. So we already said that we told your parents pretty initially. Yep. Um, and I, that was kind of more probably my decision. I think you let me lead in a lot of these ways right away and i i don't know if you would have initially been like we have to go to my parents but i felt like i wanted to go to your parents because they felt safest because i'm like they're noah's parents out of anybody besides me like they're gonna love him unconditionally yeah and so it felt like and i i still like wanted to protect you even though i was like very hurt yeah out of everybody in the world who obviously we needed to talk to this about it felt like let's talk to your parents and and share with them because i felt like i still want to protect you and like let's just start there because i know they're gonna love you (laughs) yeah for sure no i think uh, yeah i think i was letting you lead because i was like clearly i've been making bad decisions for several years so you know yeah i don't know what (laughs) to do as far as decision making but uh, a couple of the other people that i told so being being in ministry where i was at uh you know this is I guess probably like a fireable offense in, in some ways, like it's definitely biblically wrong. Uh, and as a pastor, you're not supposed to be setting an example and living above reproach in these various things. So to begin to talk about that to our community was stressful a little bit because there's the question of like, how are people going to respond? Yes. Now, I was perfectly prepared for you to leave your job. Yeah. I don't know if you I were you as well. I don't do you know think? if I was ready to like, be fired for it like emotionally but i think i understood mentally that like that could happen i am not qualified for this position in this moment in time yeah it does that and make i sense? think you also understood like, like this it would be fair this if i share with which you did but when i guess when i share with you know my boss or yeah or elders or whoever you're gonna share with that there's a chance i lose my job and i was like Maybe you, you should. And but you that's were like, kinda how I felt. Yeah, I was like Becca at the point like, in the meeting. Maybe you should lose maybe, your yeah, job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's just what and so I we did. We knew like the cost of like sharing and we were more than willing yeah. very initially to I do think that. That like timeline wise, like the exposure I can remember happening, I think, on like a Thursday morning or something. Maybe mm-hmm. it was a Friday morning. But I know that like Monday when I went into the office, whatever, three, four, five days later, uh I sat down with uh, each pastor at our church. There were three of them. One of them was my boss, um, each of the other pastors, and told them all that day, look, this is what I've been struggling with. This is what I've been going through. I haven't been honest to you. Here it is. Mm Kind of lay it out. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what you're going to do with that. And I accept kind of like the decisions that you guys make, but I wanted to bring you in. Mm -hmm. And so that was, this is obviously like still the Holy Spirit because think about years and years and years and years of I've never told anybody anything and then all of a sudden <laughs> in like, like five me, days your parents your boss these pastors yeah. mm-hmm. and then uh one of our maybe a couple of my really good friends 
yeah. uh, through the you church. You went to right after that too. I went to right after that uh, and brought them in on it. Uh, one or two of them I'd already known, like, I know you've struggled with this, but like, I have to come clean. Yeah. And I have to say that in all of those conversations, I was initially received with incredible grace. Yeah. Which that's is, true. which is awesome. And then there's obviously follow up questions on like, okay, you know, a cup like a week later, so what are we actually doing to fix this, right? Mm-hmm. But the initial responses were just so gracious and, and wonderful, and that made it, Yeah. I don't know, that just brought a lot of like even more light into my heart that had been hardened and darkened mm-hmm. over years to come. So in the initial week, there's a whole bunch of people that are close to us who've initially been brought, brought in, in on what's happened, and I think yeah. that was key to mm-hmm. our success, and my success in group initially, was because yeah. it was no longer hidden. I had yeah. people who were going to be like asking me about it if I didn't talk about it anymore. Yeah. Um, and so we start going through group. I've been through two groups now. And I guess what we want to do with the rest of our time is just talk about some of the big things that we've learned or would want you to know or think that are important to talk about. Yeah. This isn't everything, but we just yeah. wrote down, I mean, talked for a while and we're like, I think these are, you know, whatever it is, four or five of the biggest things that we're like, people should know these things if they don't already. Is sure. that fair? Yeah, start us off. All right. You kind of spoke to this one already a little bit, but last let's in the go... last episode maybe. No. Oh, today I'm I did. saying yeah, today. Okay. But just let's go a little bit more into depth. Okay. So number one, sexual addiction is not about sex. This is really important. It's also counterintuitive, but it's really important. Uh, sexual addiction is about coping with wounds, pain, and unhealth uh, with a sexual behavior. And so sexual behavior similar to drugs or alcohol provides a dopamine hit to your brain. Uh, And so, again, the behavior that's chosen for your addiction happens to be sexual. And there's a variety of reasons for that. Most likely, uh, you know, the the accessibility and the anonymity of pornography play a huge role into why sexual addiction is so widespread. Uh, But similar to alcoholism or drug addiction, the problem itself is not actually that specific behavior. It's the unhealth. Uh, in your life and the coping of wounds that you find kind of underneath the iceberg, if you will, uh, that's all the stuff that needs to be dealt with before the behavior changes. It's like if a fruit is bad on a tree, this is, I don't know, maybe it's a bad analogy, but if, if, if like an apple is bad on a tree, you don't just like pluck the apple off and then hope that the next one's good. If all the apples are bad, like that's the fruit of your behavior. Mm-hmm. You have to like treat the tree as a whole. Like, you know, the environment, maybe it's the soil, maybe it's the amount of sunshine, maybe it's the amount of water, whatever it is, but you don't just only focus on the fruit if all your fruit is unhealthy. Sure. That's like behaviors. That's all we're saying is that sexual addiction is definitely a destructive behavior and we want to remove those behaviors, but the behaviors will just resurface in other ways if we don't deal with the actual kind of life stuff that's going on under the surface. Yeah. Can you give an example? Like, and there's going to be severity. So you just said like, it doesn't have to be from your life, but just, can you give like an example of like maybe a behavior that like you could just stop? So like maybe like watching pornography, you could just like stop that by literally removing any access to technology in any way. Yeah. You know, and, but like if you never dealt with like the deeper causes or the deeper wounds as to why you were watching that in the first place. Like what could that resurface as? Okay. Well, I'll do my own life because okay. it's easy Great. to think of and it's kind of comical, okay. but I will say that we're going to talk, this is one of the ones we're going to talk about later okay. on too. And so I will try not to go too deep okay. into it, but it's just the fact that, uh, life, all of life is integrated. 
keep that in your mind. We're going to come back to that. For me, when you immediately remove uh, all, all forms of like digital, online, sexual, pornography access to things, okay. uh, you find that for me, like a lot of that, um, again, is coping with wounds, is dealing with emotions in an unhealthy way. It's not knowing how to deal with whatever it might be, sadness, rejection, feeling unwanted. And so when you take that away, I still feel all of those things. Right. I just don't know how to deal with it anymore. Right. Because I just would compartmentalize them or stuff them or medicate them with pornography. So initially, and this we talked about this in the greed and gluttony episode a few weeks ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But initially, like, I'm pretty sure that, like, my emotional eating, like, when we had talked, we had mm-hmm. initial conversations about, like, you know, you probably shouldn't emotionally eat because I was doing that as well. Mm-hmm. But I know that we focused a lot less on that than we did on fixing the sexual behaviors. And I, I feel like I remember some sort of conversation to the effect of like, I might just need to like eat some cereal every now and again. <laughs> and can we just know that like, that's better for our marriage than me yeah, watching yeah, yeah. pornography at that point. Yeah. And we'll deal with like the health of that as we, as we establish yeah. like some other health. Yeah. I was just like, like give so, a practical example. So for, like... for me, it, it has, it resurfaces with food. Mm-hmm. That's a big one yeah. is everybody's is going to be different. Binge eating, um, watching TV, uh, and then also just like getting really involved in other things. So like you just change your addiction into something else. So like, I, I don't know. I know people who's like mountain biking or hiking or working on cars or whatever it is. Just then that becomes like their escape. And all of those things are good. That's what we're saying. Like it's like healthier. healthier. Those sound healthier. But there's also a level mm-hmm. of unhealth in the sense of like you're just medicating with something, with something new. Else. It just happens to not be a destructive behavior yeah. until mountain biking becomes more important than your marriage. In which right. case you're dealing with the same kind of thing. Right. So you need to like go deeper into yeah yeah ideally and that's it's fine if it's in phases you sure know, like let's get sure. healthier a step yep. at a time but yep. that's a big picture yep all right number two Bex why don't you bring us in I don't really have like a catchy point to start this off but I want to go back to like what we did initially so Noah told a group of guys people he worked with that was important for his job to know and to go alongside him with but then I after a while like would talk to other women who usually the ones that I was talking to were older than me and had been married longer than us and every single time I was like and either I knew that this had been a part of their story or I didn't but every time like I brought this up it was oh yeah we struggle with that at this point in our marriage or oh yeah we still deal with x y and z as it pertains to sexual addiction um and and that's important to share because when i have talked to those that are our age or younger yeah um married or not let's just speak to women because that's that's who i talk to about this great many times it's what would have been my answer too was yes he struggled with that but he stopped once we Got together. Got together. So like, yeah, Noah did deal with that, but it hasn't been an issue since we got married, since we got engaged, since, you know, Mm -hmm. and that has been the narrative for many people I know who are around our stage of life. 
um, who know a little bit. And like we said last time, it's easier to talk about like things from the past than the current when you're with somebody. Um, and so, but then what I started realizing is everybody else who has more life experience and more wisdom on this is, and I'm not saying it, it is everybody, but everybody in my experience, pretty much that I've shared with, or they've shared with me has also dealt with their spouse and I'm speaking to women. So their yeah. male spouse having struggled, struggled with pornography or various degrees of yep. sexual addiction. So I'm talking pornography affairs talking to people online texting people they shouldn't you know all it's there's a degree that we're talking about and anyway so that's just like we're just gonna like speak to that point maybe because there's a lot of I don't know how to explain this but I mean we we were talking about just because people aren't talking about it so just because you're married or you're dating somebody and you're not having these conversations doesn't mean that this isn't happening I think some people think like this never comes up. Like, of course he's of, not. Struggling. Of course he's not struggling. It would come up if he was. Like, not him. He talked. He told me that three years ago when you know before I knew before him. I knew him, it was a struggle. <laughs> but then he said like he's been good for yeah. X, Y, and Z years since we started dating. So, and yeah. that's the end of the conversation. We want to speak to like, let's probe a little bit more yeah. here and like what this can look like. And it's not, you know, sorry if we sound jaded on the whole, like, he saw my we face are. and he never and struggled I have, with pornography no. again. <laughs> but it's like, we just have I, too many and I stories. Believe, yeah, and I believe that, like, I, like that there are instances where I, I genuinely sure. think God, like, healed somebody from this addiction. Like, I definitely yeah. believe that that can happen. However, my, if I was a researcher, my research has shown that's, like, yeah. the 0.01% of people. <laughs> yep. And... And not the overwhelming amount of people who have been married longer yeah. or who know more than I do and have lived more life who have said, oh, yes, that definitely was a struggle and we had to deal with it in all these ways. Yep. Rather than, I don't know if I've met a person that's been married longer than us who that, hasn't that I've talked this. to about this, <laughs> that who hasn't, who has been like, oh, that's never been an issue for us. Yeah, for sure. I think like if my story over the last podcast and a half speaks to anything. Mm-hmm it probably speaks to the level of like secrecy and hiddenness that this can have. And just the idea that like the idea that, well, he hasn't brought it up to me, so he must not be struggling is really idealistic in the best biblical way. Mm -hmm. Like it is true that if your husband is struggling with this, it is his responsibility to come to you and say, I sinned against you in these ways. The reality is that just doesn't really happen very often. Right. Especially with a sin like this that is has been that's so shameful. So I don't shameful. think I don't think Probably. there I wish there wasn't shame attached to it, but let's be honest, that's how you is. feel when like, you know, when yeah. it comes to sex sex and purity and all this all these topics, like there's a yeah. lot of shame wrapped up in it and it's really sad, but that causes so much secrecy. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's probably if let's say he's struggling with it in marriage, it's probably something that he's already lied to you about at some point. Yes. And so then to come clean on that is to say like, and not only have I been doing this, but I also lied to you here and here and here. Yeah. Again, that's not everybody, but in our no, experience, that's what's been no. true. And we don't want to just be like, you're married. Like if you haven't talked about this, yeah. like, we don't want to be like, your marriage is horrible. Like there's a good chance it's not, but in case. 
you're you've never talked about this we just want to maybe speak to that a little bit and say like start talking about it and maybe and let's here's the other reason why because maybe this has not been a struggle for a guy or a girl whatever maybe this hasn't been a struggle before but like this is a sin this is something that will continuously like satan will use this and seek you out and so and so like i just think about like if you're dealing with like alcohol addiction you have to go and like buy the alcohol and and go find and it affects you physically and there's just like whereas this like you could just be like walking down the street and a somebody could pass by you and you could deal with like that could trigger you in that some could way. trigger that could trigger you in some way you could be dealing with lustful thoughts while you're in a marriage that are just a sin against your spouse like it seeks you out you can get an ad in an email yes from work yes like it it's, could be so Satan random is very crafty in this that like hate that guy hate that guy <laughs> <laughs> that it will seek you out and so you need to be talking about this even just like let's say nobody struggled with it and and praise god for that but let, like start talking about it so that yeah you can put up guardrails and barriers and you have these open conversations in case in the future this is something yeah. that comes up it's just it's just wisdom right it's like mm-hmm. if you're expecting something bad to happen this is just general life not this issue mm-hmm. if you're expecting like something bad to happen like the best thing to do is not to just wait for it to happen and then to respond right but it is to prepare in advance. Right. And so for something like this, don't wait for it to infiltrate your marriage. Right. Hunt it down and make sure it's yeah. not there. Yeah. And then protect your marriage against it so that it can't get in. Mm-hmm. Does that is that fair? Yep. Like yep. go after yep. like it's gonna seek out you. Like go hunt it down. Yeah. I guess that's what I would say. Yeah. Um do you wanna speak to like do you think there's people out there that think, well, Maybe it's just better to not know. I don't know. Does that make sense? Oh my like, gosh, yeah. Because this... that's, I think that's that has happened, and we've we've seen that happen, and I've even felt that a little bit. I think like before I found out everything, and even since then, when I'm like, oh, I should probably like ask about that. But sometimes I'm just like, if the answer is like something I don't want to hear, part of me is just like, I'll just protect myself and not ask. Yeah. You know. So like sometimes I feel like the a spouse who's not struggling but maybe thinks that their spouse is or they have in the past just yeah. wants to live in like like or we hear this sometimes like just wants to be naive about it a little yeah. bit because like i can just live in this world yeah. where like our marriage is great on the outside yeah and like maybe that's happening because obviously nothing's locked down and yada 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 and there's been behaviors in the past but i don't want to deal with that because we're good on the outside and it yeah. seems like we're all yeah, we've had the experience too of like of wives who find out or know something that's going on and then, then just kind of move on. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like that is falls in with this experience, yeah. I guess. And I get it. Like I, I get like why you would feel yeah, that way because it's painful. It, yeah, it's super painful. I guess you asked me to speak to it. I'm not like a very yeah, delicate person to Maybe. to give a word to the wives, you know. But, <laughs> Are you? Are but, you? <laughs> no, I said I'm not delicate. I know, but, but is that what you're about to do? <laughs> yeah, a word. I just, I think that phrase is too good to not be used. But here's, I guess, what I would say. Uh, two, two things. Number one, reason why you should care or you shouldn't just go on pretending like nothing's happening is that ultimately... That's just living in a false reality. I don't know what other way to say it. Mm -hmm. But like, let's say you know your husband's struggling. 
but you don't want to talk about it because it's, just it's painful or yeah. it's difficult or you assume there's something going on there. But like on the outside, like y'all are just like life is clicking in you're a lot happy. of other ways and you're happy and life is safe and yeah. things feel normal and you don't want to rock the boat. All of that like is completely understandable. Mm-hmm. But there is also the reality that like, but it's not real. Like right. stuff hasn't been dealt with. Like yeah. there's there's a level of stuff where that's just now surface level yeah. because there's something deep mm-hmm. to the core. I mean, the apostle Paul says that all other sins you commit are outside the body, but sexual immorality mm-hmm. is against your own self, which is why it's so shameful Right. because it's different than other sins. Yeah, even scripture sure. says, and so you're dealing with something that's so core to your marriage, right? You're supposed to mm-hmm. be your only sexual mm-hmm. relationship, but then you're also dealing with something that just happens to be core to a lot of people's identity. And we just ignore it mm-hmm. and we, we pretend on top and that's mm-hmm. what happens. And the pretending mm-hmm. is nice and it gives us great picture and it's comfortable, mm-hmm. but it's not the reality. Mm-hmm. And it, and it, it says a little bit maybe that we doubt the ability of God to redeem whatever he wants to. Yeah, that's true. And that is not to say that you are doubting God. It's just to say that like, give it back over to him. The mm-hmm. reason that we don't step into things like this is because we hate when we're not in control just as human beings mm-hmm. and to give something up to God like this, to say like, my marriage is really comfortable, but I have a feeling something else is going mm-hmm. on. That is to say like, yeah. God, you have my marriage. So here we go. Yeah. Um, can you speak to like also just like levels of severity in this, just like having having been addicted to these things before talking about how they how, progress how they progress and i think yeah. that's another important reason oh, why why you why, should talk about why it. you should talk about yeah. it and talk yeah. about it all the time well, yeah. because because there are like levels of severity so like give like a very like what what somebody would be like that's not that big of a deal but probably but yeah it's still so sin. like there's obviously this is any addiction yeah is that things behavior becomes more mm-hmm. high risk like they talk about how you need a greater high to fulfill the need for right. an addiction right. the longer you're addicted to something. Right. With drugs, this is super obvious mm-hmm. because this is how people end up overdosing. It's like a, the little bit of drugs that did it for them when they first started yeah. quickly becomes not enough. And right. so they need more and more and more and right. more and more. Uh, that same thing is often true with sexual sins. So what might start as, uh, I don't know, flirting with a coworker at work. Yeah. Totally innocent. It could start totally innocent, but just lingering around a desk more than you should or you know a playful conversation a touch on the arm are you saying somebody that's married or just anybody i mean it could be anybody anybody. yeah right but like it could start there Mm -hmm. that could easily progress into whatever longer conversation a hidden email right something flirtatious and then like all like faster than you know that progresses into an emotional affair and then maybe Mm -hmm. a physical affair uh if you're talking online things you know like it could begin with I'm just, I'm trying to give random examples here, but it could begin with just like watching commercials and advertisements that you shouldn't, which then progresses into like looking things up about that later, which then progresses into like, well, I've already looked this far. I might as well like watch pornography, which then progresses into, you know, I don't know, maybe that progresses into a dating app. And And we don't want to be like, we don't want to be like, I don't know, just be like, this is your, your marriage is leading to an affair or anything like that. We just want to like explain that like, this is really important. We want to say that the little things and the little things are still really important to talk about and to just like get into the light. The little things are super important because they are sin and all sin is sin. 
but the little things tend to, over time, and we're mostly talking over the course of years, mm-hmm. tend to lead towards not as little things. Yeah. <laughs> and that's important to talk about. I think the last thing I would say to wives on top of that is that like, I want you to know that you have a right to talk about, to know the extent of, and to do something about mm-hmm. your husband struggling yeah. with pornography or sexual addiction. Yeah. That is, this is one of the things that makes me upset a little bit is when people begin to feel like, well, that's just him. Or, you know, like the, it, this isn't really said in marriage, but we say it as a culture, like guys will be guys or boys will be boys. So just like, that's not, this isn't an acceptable part of Christian marriage. Like this yeah. isn't something that you have to just deal with. This is something that should be handled yeah. and you have the right to like, to push for that. You don't have to just say like, I guess he'll just struggle for forever. You don't have to accept that. Yeah. I'm not saying. Yeah. And we we said this in the last episode. We just, I also just want to say like, we are using the language of like, we're talking to the wives, but like there are marriages that that is flipped. And so everything that we say, like about what the steps that Noah took, that can also all happen like with a woman, like going into a pure desire group, or it can also happen with like a, a husband who has been betrayed by a spouse where the wife dealt with some sort of sexual sin too. Totally. But like we said in the last episode, we're just using the language because I'm the wife that was betrayed and he's the husband that had the addiction. Totally. Look, I've heard stories of people where both spouses were struggling with sexual addiction and God redeemed both sides. Betrayal on both sides and addiction on both sides. Yes. It's just, so we're just speaking to our experience. And this is maybe a whole other episode or something, but like, I feel like oftentimes like for women to admit to all of this, it's even more shameful, you know, like it's a little bit more normalized for a group of guys to be like, oh yeah, I struggle with that or to get a little bit deeper into it. And I feel like in Christian culture with women, it's, it seems like way more shameful for some reason. It's not, but it just feels that way. So if yeah. you are a female listening to this and you struggle with this, like, we share, hear you. Yeah, yeah, we hear you. <laughs> I pray that you go and tell people and get accountability and find yeah. freedom in that just as much as like the men do and yeah. that you don't feel shame yeah. just because you're female and totally. dealing with this. And that you know that you are a beloved child of yes. God just as much as you would be if you were male struggling with this, just as much you would be if you never struggled yeah. with this at all. Yeah, for you sure. You are a beloved child of God. So that kind of brings us to the third thing we want to talk about. And, like, we're not out here trying to be like, you know, no. your husband's cheating on you. Like, Oh, my gosh, no, not That's at all. not what we're out here to do. No. But we want to talk about some... And just our experience. Our all ex- of these things have been our experience. We want to share some of the red flags. Some red flags. That you might experience. Yeah, because I was just thinking about, like, when we were talking earlier about this episode, I was like, well, what do we say to, like, the the person who, like, assumes that maybe their spouse is struggling or who, like, but feels like, what if I'm just being lied to? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I would have loved to deal with all of this earlier on, but, yeah. like, I was just being lied to. Yeah, and so it's hard to like speak to that because there's so much deceit that can so easily happen when it comes to sexual sin because like yeah. there's so many ways to hide it yeah. so much of it can just be your thought life and it's like 
nobody how how is that read your mind yeah like how is it that's like i don't know when it comes to like looking at something online like that feels more tangible like oh i could actually like discover that but when it comes to even just like somebody's like thoughts like lustful thoughts that are sin against a spouse like how is that even supposed to if they're just gonna lie to me right right there's this hilarious scene from the office that i Mm -hmm. have to talk about because uh michael after he is done dating jan they go to like they go to this bar or something and they're all like shooting pool and michael's being like a total idiot because jim and pam set him up on a date but he doesn't like the girl that they set him up with so he's okay. like anyways the owner of the club it's a club i think anyways the, she comes over to him she's like gonna kick him out but for some reason like she gets kind of like attracted to michael anyways they start having these like clandestine rendezvous uh and eventually michael uh somebody tells michael that they think that donna i think is her name is cheating on him anyways so then michael's like but how would i know and ryan because only ryan can do this starts asking him a series of questions like you know does she shower before you guys get together shower when she leaves does she always have cash does she meet you far away like anyways all of these things and michael goes yes she does all of those things and they all go oh michael <laughs> so anyways that's, that's what not you feel like we're gonna we're about to do <laughs> no, like, that's not what we're doing your, i just does your spouse like yeah. i can't i can't resist an office reference when yeah. it's there so anyways here we are some common red flags that we've noticed in our own experience um that we think are common that's why we said they're common so uh the first thing Oh, this is a red flag that happened for us that I didn't even know was a red flag until now. But I would say it's a red flag. What? I don't know what you're going to say. You do know what I'm going to say. I'm going to say that Noah, like, never took the step to get covenant eyes up until we actually, he was actually, like, exposed in sin. And so prior to that, it had always been, like, a conversation. I didn't really understand, like, the fullness of what it was. I kind of got it. But because I didn't really think he struggled with it anymore, I was like, "Mm, it costs money. So that's, like that's a side note we'll we'll touch on that in a second but i was like oh is it worth the money and and we just never like took that step and you never took that step and i think that's an important thing that is a com like maybe a red flag if you go to your spouse who whoever and you're like we're gonna put we're gonna do this like as a family we're gonna put covenant eyes on all of our devices and phones and just to like protect our marriage even if let's say nobody's struggling but like to protect our marriage, like I think we should do this and it costs money. So like saying like this is an investment into our marriage. And like if there's a lot of pushback, I feel like that's a red flag. Even if there's a little pushback. Sure. I mean, I mean, I, I could understand a little bit of pushback. But clarify between pushback and questions like there yeah, is yeah, questions yeah. like what is that? Yes. Why do we need that? Yes. But at the point where it's like this monitors whatever happens on your computer screen, it would make me feel safer in our marriage to know that somebody maybe it's Mm -hmm. not even you you as the wife don't have to receive the reports but somebody out there's gonna get emails with what you've been looking at at that moment there should be this wasn't our story but there should be no hesitancy to being like sure that's great i have nothing to hide install it right but as soon as there's any kind of like reasoning to why we're not doing that i think that's a little bit like well why why not why not and i guess and that's what i like there so it does cost money and so sure. I think that some people would be like, maybe use that as like leverage to be like, it costs money. Yeah, I think I probably did that. Yeah, you probably did. And I probably felt that too. Yeah. Being somebody that was like, oh, you don't really, But you looking know. back. Yeah, but looking we're back. Like, is there a price to, like, is there no price that we wouldn't pay to have not dealt with this? 
Oh, for sure. You know? Yeah. And just to protect our marriage overall, for yeah. sure. It's just like, it's, and it's not that much money. Like it's like a yearly fee or whatever, you know, yeah. but, but anyways, yes, you're totally right. And yeah. So that's a good one. Mm-hmm. A unwillingness to get covenant eyes. I think going along with that is an unwillingness to hand over any piece of technology to you immediately At any whenever point. you ask for it. Yeah. Can I see your phone? The answer should always be an immediate yes. The caveat that or the excuse that we've heard for this and probably that I've used as mm-hmm. well maybe but just is the I'm planning a surprise for you or like I, I bought something for you I don't want you to see and so like that's I'm sure that that sometimes happens and I know it does like sometimes like if you've planned something and there actually is something on your phone like in the last year whatever for you, sure you might say that and I would be like okay but I'm saying like for the most part, like how many surprises are you guys planning for each other? You know, but I, I just feel like that's an Maybe easy... some people really like surprises, <laughs> Becca. Becca hates surprises. So this is... <laughs> no, but I'm just saying that I've noticed that is like, an, I've heard this from other people. And yeah. like, I think that we've also talked about this having happened in the past. Yeah. Like being, you being weird about me, like using your phone and then also using the excuse of like, oh, I, I'm like doing something for you. So I don't want you to see it. So like, just give it to me. And like... Yeah. You know, I don't know. That's pretty straightforward. Yeah. So quickly to summarize, if you would like to plan a surprise, uh, <laughs> it's easy to say in advance, I'm <laughs> I'm planning something for you. I mean, yeah. you don't want to ruin the surprise, obviously. But like, I'm planning something for you. So if I'm weird with my phone at all in the next week, know that I will absolutely give it to you if you second yeah. ask me. Yeah. But I'm planning something for you that yeah. I don't want you to see. Other yeah. easy way that I do this is I just plan surprises on my computer. And yeah. then somebody else has seen everything that happens on my computer. Yeah, so true. if I need to like hide something from an Amazon shopping cart, it was done on my computer. So somebody else can yeah. see it. Does that make sense? Yeah. So there's actually. A, and like know, we said, there's no amount of money probably that. Is worth. Is, there's no surprise that's yes, worth. Yes, that's what I'm saying. No surprise, no amount of money that's worth like not protecting your marriage. Totally. For, oh, against all of these things. Totally. I think a uh, big, big red flag is anywhere that uh, someone is completely anonymous. This is one of the biggest, like, allures into explain, addiction. Explain what that means. Okay, so pornography is uh, attractive to many people because you can engage in it in a completely anonymous way, in the sense that nobody knows that it's you on there, and it's very hidden. Uh, and so that is part of why pornography is more attractive than, like, drugs or alcohol. You're not meeting with somebody to buy things. You're, you know, like it's not maybe affecting your physical appearance. It's just completely anonymous. Nobody knows that it's you. But this carries into other things, other areas where you might be completely anonymous. So, uh, like a classic, a classic example is like husband travels for work by himself to a city where he knows no one. This is a dangerous spot, not because he's like away from his family. It's a dangerous spot because he's completely anonymous in this new city. That's mm-hmm. what the that's what the temptation is. Mm-hmm. This actually there's the thought in a man's mind often. This actually can't be connected back to me. Mm-hmm. So now it's safe for me to act out or struggle. Mm-hmm. That's what covenant eyes ruins on a computer. It ruins anonymity mm-hmm. because it's now everything you've done is connected to you. Yeah. So anywhere in life where there's complete anonymity is It's not really a red flag. It's just like just be on the lookout on the or lookout know that or that's protect. a that's a hot zone for temptation. Yeah. Where you feel like I exist and completely nobody around here knows who I am or could connect any of this back to me whether that's digitally mm-hmm. or in person. Yeah. 
Okay, and then we're going to give like one last maybe red flag, if you will. And then I think we're going to end this episode because <laughs> we're, we're getting a little little long again. And we'll I think do we'll do more. one more. We'll do one more and wrap it up. About this topic. Another one more. Yeah. Um, but so can you maybe give like a little Noah's really good at summarizing my thoughts oh, you know spot. what I'm you know what you I'm want trying me to, to nutshell say. for you yeah and then I'll kind of explain a story the red flag that Becca wants to talk about if you can call it a red flag is what I would call a half confession okay or a confession that is too good to be true okay so I'll explain a story like a month before um everything was revealed to me I I think I had watched a sermon on this topic like it randomly came up you know Mm -hmm. in a youtube feed or something and so i like had watched part of it and it got me thinking like oh we haven't had these conversations in a while and so i remember we were driving and i asked have you like been struggling with pornography recently has this been an issue because i knew that there was a history obviously yeah from a yeah um and i don't i don't remember exactly what you said but you I do. <laughs> you do? Okay, well yeah. then share, share. I was going to try to summarize. I don't remember you... the entire yeah, yeah, thing, yeah. but the core of the confession yeah. was, uh, Bex, if I'm being really honest, which I wasn't, slimeball, Bex, <laughs> if I'm being really honest, uh, sometimes it is a temptation for me, but I have not given in to that temptation. But it is tempting for mm-hmm. me to want mm-hmm. to watch pornography yes, that's what it was. or to want to flirt with somebody, but I have never Whatever. given in to that. Yes, right. Um, and so we were, we were married when I asked this, it was, like I said, we were two and a half years into marriage when I asked this. And so this is like a, just a specific, I think there had been other conversations, but this is when I really remember because it was like the last conversation we had had about this until everything was revealed. So I was like, what the heck a month ago you said this, like, um, so that's why it was like significant, but I feel like it's the maybe you already said this, but it's the confessions or it's like when you're asking questions and it kind of seems like too good to be true. Did you already say that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so it kind of seems like it's a confession. I just didn't know. And it sounded cause, cause he gave me a little bit, right? Like he gave me like, Oh yeah, he does like is struggling a little bit. So I felt like that was all there was. Yeah. But then it also sounded nice because I'm like, Oh, but he's like, I felt like such a good husband (laughs) not to, I don't know. I felt like given my past, Mm -hmm. it would be un realistic to say for me to say i haven't struggled with that at all but i gave you a confession that actually just bolstered your view of me which is something that addicts do to keep Mm -hmm. the lid on their addiction it's like i gave you a yes becca like i am still a human being like it's tempting for me Mm -hmm. but i'm transcendent because i've never (laughs) given in in the last couple of years and that almost probably makes you feel like wow like my husband has like really laid a lot of this down like for the sake (laughs) of our marriage and so, like, it's a confession, yeah. but I didn't confess yeah. anything that, like, was hurtful or actually sin. I just, I just used the confession to speak good about myself. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, so that was, like, another one maybe we wanted to bring up. And then, lastly, I want to say, before we kind of end it here, is that we just shared a lot of, like, our hope in this is not that it ruins marriages in any way, <laughs> shape, or form. And, like, if you're dating or engaged, that's a different story. But if we're talking to marriages, like, our hope in sharing all of this is that, like, there would be complete freedom from all of this within marriage on both sides. And, like, there would be such healing and, like, unification between spouses. So, like, our hope is not that, like, all this gets discovered and, 
you know, it's like a bombshell and your whole life is ruined. Nope. But it's that all this gets discovered and like and the God Lord's, works. yeah, and God works in, in, in both of your lives for the better of your marriage and your family and your yeah. future moving forward together. Yeah, absolutely. And there's definitely circumstances where like maybe you don't move forward together, but like most of the time and from those people that I shared about, like marriages that I shared about that did struggle with this, like very godly marriages that figured it out and like God worked in their marriage and they stayed together and, and now are just like such a testament of God's grace and love and we anyways i just wanted yeah. to say that like there's some stuff yeah. in here like i also don't want to like make everybody like super suspicious and yeah. and worried exactly. like that's not our hope it's just to like share this is our experience these are things like we wish we would have known yeah these are things we've learned yeah that's mm. exactly like sorry I, no, the last ahead. thing that i wanted to say yeah. was that uh i don't want everyone out there thinking that everyone's just a bold-faced liar like no. i was Right. And that's a huge part of my story. I lied. Mm -hmm. I can't even count the amount of times that I lied. Right. And so we share that because addiction causes people to lie. Mm -hmm. That's very common across all addiction is there is a lot of lying and a lot of dishonesty. I am not telling you that if your husband says he's not struggling with this, then he's lying to you. That's not what we said. We just are saying there's a chance that somebody is lying. Yeah. Because when somebody's in addiction, they often lie. Yeah. So I just want to be really clear. Yeah. I'm not saying that just, everyone's a liar. Yeah. This is just based on everyone's our experience. These are just really important conversations to be having, whether you struggle or not, too. Yeah. And we'll give you guys our final thoughts next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Get Your Donut Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And if you liked what you heard, rate the show and leave us a review. It helps other people find us and it lets us know how you feel about it. I hope you have an awesome day and that you never settle for anything less than all in with Jesus.